0: Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 13, 1 through 23, the parable of the sower. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, since it and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit, some 800, some 60, and some 30 times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Then the disciples came up and asked him, Why are you speaking to them in parables? He answered, Because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you for you to know, but it has not been given to them. For whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, you will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back and I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes because they do see and your ears because they do hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things that you see but didn't see them, to hear the things you hear but didn't hear them. So listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. And the one sown on rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root and is short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields some a 100, some 60, some 30 times what was sown the word of
1: the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Isaac, for leading us in the liturgy, Darian for praying, and Marcella for reading that passage. Hello again, everyone. If I have not met you, my name is Eric Kapoor, pastor of Trinity OC. This summer, we are in a series on the parables of Jesus. Uh, We're jumping in and picking up where we left off in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 13, where we find a whole cluster of different parables that Jesus told. Matthew says a little bit later on in chapter 13, that Jesus didn't teach the crowds except through parables or short stories. These short stories were Jesus's favorite way of teaching about who God is and how God works. Now, there's a mistaken view uh, that's commonly held about these stories, and that is that Jesus used these common, everyday stories in order to make things easy uh, for people to understand, so the common person could understand what he is talking about. But as we just heard read from the passage, Matthew 13, that can't be true jesus is saying something that's kind of puzzling to us it almost seems like he's saying i'm telling these parables these stories in order to make things harder for people to understand what's going on with that we'll get to that jesus did use familiar things like farming uh, fishing working he used things that people understood in these stories but as we'll see today and throughout the summer these stories are not comfortable easy stories for us to understand. In fact, they are more like subversive stories. Stories that turn everything we think we know about God upside down. Stories that take everything we think we understand our common explanations and flip them upside down. So, if we hear a parable and think that was a really neat and good story, uh that was uh, that was a great story for me to hear i think uh I think I understand that it's what I already thought. then it's a sign that we have not really heard it at all Today's parable the story of the sower and the seeds and the soil it's it's like a master parable, like a master key parable. Some scholars call it the master parable. It's the first parable that Jesus told in matthew in uh Luke. And in Mark, all three Gospels say this is the first parable that Jesus told, and it's one of the few parables where we get Jesus' explanation along with the story. It should be seen as the parable that really is the key to all the parables, almost like a parable about the parables. And Jesus says here, the key to everything, to understanding God and his ways in the world, is listening. It all comes down to listening. Look at verse 9 again. He ends the parable by saying, Let anyone who has ears listen. And you might say, I have ears, you know, they're they're right here. I ha- I have ears, so I'm good. But Jesus is saying, You can hear all about him, and it can go in one ear and out the other. <clears throat> you can hear all about God. We can think we understand God, but it can go in one ear and out the other. The key to everything is whether we're really listening, whether we really have understood. Now, first, before we dig into this, we have to see that the main subject of this parable, really the main subject of all Jesus's parables, is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. He says in verse 11, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, he tells his disciples, have been given for you to know. And then again in verse 19, he says, When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, this parable, the subject, is the kingdom of God. This is Jesus' core message, that the kingdom of God has come with him. So Jesus' core message is not a message of a private spiritual faith. It's not a message of of self-help or self-betterment. Jesus' main message is also not mainly about individual salvation. It is about that, but so, so much more. The kingdom of God is about God's kingdom, reign, and rule being re-established over lives, over a life, and over every dimension of life as we know it all dimensions, social, spiritual, economic, physical, relational, systemic issues, all dimensions of human life, Jesus says, my main message is that God is coming to reestablish his reign over all of it. Now, for us, friends, in a world that has been hit by disease, in a time of such great disruption, in an age of anxiety made worse by this pandemic, in an age of racial injustice. With so much uncertainty, so much instability that we feel, we do long for personal healing in this time. And we feel that maybe more than ever. But don't we long for more than that? We long to see the healing of so much more, all the broken realities all around us. Jesus says here in verse 15, If hearts would only turn to him, you see what he says? Then I would heal them. The healing of the kingdom would come to you and everything. And the key that unlocks it all, that unleashes this healing to a life and to the world, is listening just listen and we say that's it but the problems are huge look all around us jesus says that's what this story is all about how it is that the key can be just hearing and listening how can that be well let's look at three things together as we unpack this story Uh, jesus tells us about the presence of the kingdom which is often hidden to us he tells us about the main problem For the kingdom. What is the main problem? And thirdly, he tells us all about the power of the kingdom. How does this power work, and how does it come to our lives? So first, this parable teaches us about the presence of the kingdom, and it comes down to this. The kingdom is present in ways that are often hidden to us. Jesus gives this story, this parable, a title in verse 18 when he explains it. He says, this is a story about or a parable about the sower. Now, not much else is said here about the sower in the rest of the story. So we might be tempted to skip over him and move on to the seed and to the soils, but we can't move so quickly because Jesus says, this is a story about the sower. And this is important because before this is a story about us, Before this is a story about anything that we do, this is a story about God and a story about how God works and about how his kingdom comes in Jesus. And what we see is that Jesus doesn't tell us a story about a king, a king that comes in force, a king that comes in undeniable power and might. But instead, Jesus tells us here in this parable and in many other parables that the king comes as a farmer. He tells us a story of a farmer sowing seed. What does that tell us? It tells us this. I'm going to share this slide with all of you. That God and his kingdom are present and at work in the world and in our lives, but not in the way that we would ever expect or look for or think is most effective. In our thinking, when a kingdom comes, when a ruler or a regime takes power in our world, it comes in a way that no one would ever miss, that you can't miss. Kingdoms and leaders take charge in a way that no one can say, oh, what? I, I didn't know you were in charge. I didn't know you were here. I must have missed that memo. No. In our world, kingdoms come through battles and wars when a new regime comes to power, there's an inauguration, the masses are gathered, there is an announcement, it is undeniable. There is force, there is pomp, there is circumstance. Kingdoms come in a way that no one would miss it. But Jesus comes from nowhere. He's born in obscurity to poor parents He's not formally educated. He has a a following of nobodies. He spends his time with sinners and outcasts. He keeps telling everyone not to tell anyone about what he's doing and not to spread his message. His kingdom is coming in a way that we would never expect, we would never look for, or think is effective at all. How does the kingdom come? Jesus says in this story, the kingdom comes like a seed, that's being sown out in a field. Now seed is one of Jesus' favorite metaphors to tell us how the kingdom comes. What do we know about a seed? A seed is very, very small. When seeds are sown in a field, it's very easy to miss. When I go visit my mom who lives on a farm in Illinois, uh, when it's harvest time, there in southern Illinois, there's corn everywhere. There's soybean that's growing everywhere. It's pretty impressive because all you see is corn and soybean everywhere you look. But when you visit during sowing time and planting time, all you see is dirt. It looks like nothing is there. It looks like nothing is happening. But the seed is everywhere there is a great power that is hidden that will transform entire fields and bring fruit and harvest. But it's all hidden. And Jesus says the seed represents the word of God, the gospel, that can seem so small and weak and ineffective to us against the mighty forces and the deep brokenness that is within us and that is all throughout our world that we do see. Though often hidden, Jesus is saying, though often hidden and small to us, this is how the kingdom of God comes that will heal everything. Here is what is so different and what is so important to see about this. God's kingdom is not an outside-in kingdom. It is an inside-out kingdom. God's kingdom is not an outside-in kingdom that comes by force, that comes by might, that imposes his will upon us in order to make us slaves and subjects. No. God's kingdom is an inside-out kingdom where God changes the heart so that we become sons and daughters who delight and love to do the will of our Father. Jesus says it's a matter of the heart. You see in verse 15 and verse 19, he says, this is where the kingdom takes root and takes hold through the heart. And transformation happens from the inside out. Now, if the seed doesn't get in into the center of us, our hearts, the heart in the Bible is the very center control room of a, of a person where our affections, our thinking, and our emotions all reside. It's our heart. Jesus says if, if the word and the seed doesn't get to the very center of us, then change will only be forced. It'll only be superficial. Now, parents know the difference, and anyone who was a kid, which is all of us, we all know the difference between forced obedience, forced change, and willing change that is from the inside out. God is not interested in obedience without understanding. This parable says this is the one thing that God wants. Application thought. My Christian friends, in times when we want to get things done and make things happen, when we want to see change in the world, when we want to see change in ourselves, when we lose hope, when we need hope that these things are possible, remember the sower. Remember how the sower works. The greatest force for change is the seed, the word, his word that gets into the heart. The sower is gentle, not forceful. The sower works gradually, not quickly, as we would want. And he is after organic change, not artificial change. This is the hidden presence of the kingdom, but the sure presence of the kingdom. This leads us to the next point. In this parable, Jesus tells us the main problem that the kingdom of God has to overcome the main problem is the problem of the hardness of the human heart. You look at verse 15. Jesus says, the reason I'm, use, I'm talking in parables is because the heart is so hard. Stated differently, the problem for the kingdom is the problem of hearing but not listening. Of hearing but not understanding with the heart until you see this as the main problem our main problem the kingdom of god will remain hidden to us it will seem ineffective it will seem absent and it will never get in and change you till you see this as the main problem now I want to pause right there and let something sink in about this the main problem jesus says here and I have I want to show this on a slide I want I want this to sink in the main problem is not those who haven't heard And don't follow and obey. That's not the main problem. It's those who have heard and think they understand, but don't. And that's very sobering. That's very challenging for us, especially those of us, my Christian friends, who feel fairly confident that we do understand. In this parable, Jesus is teaching If we really listen to Jesus, if we let his word get into the very center of our being, then the kingdom of God would come. The world would be healed if everyone would let the seed in. That's what he's saying. And again, we say, well, really? What about all these big issues and problems? What about systemic injustice and evil and war and division? Jesus says it all comes down to listening, the seed getting into the heart. That is the main problem that has to be overcome. In verse 10, the disciples asked Jesus, why are you speaking in parables? What is going on? And Jesus' explanation is, I speak in parables to reveal the main problem. What Jesus says here is a little bit cryptic and hard for us to understand, but this is what it comes down to. Jesus is saying, here's why I'm using these stories to reveal what the main problem is. If I speak directly and plainly to people, people will say, yes, I understand. Yes, I'm listening. I hear you. But parables reveal whether they are really listening. See, he says, I tell parables, verse 13, because, he's giving the reason here, because looking they do not see, they think they see, but hearing they do not listen and understand. I tell parables because people think they see and hear, but they really don't see and understand. And why aren't they listening? Verse 15 gives further explanation for, because... The people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes are shut. If they could just hear, if they would really understand with the heart, they would turn back to me, and I would heal them. Parables are Jesus' masterful way of showing us, revealing to us our soil, revealing to us the condition of our hearts. The parables do this. This parable does this. Jesus is saying here, the wrong question to ask about any parable, <clears throat> really about any, uh, any parable or any part of the Bible, the wrong question to ask is, how do I interpret this? The right question to ask is, how does this interpret me? How does this parable interpret me? Parables reveal the truth to those who are really listening. But they conceal the truth to those who have closed their hearts to God and think they already understand. That's the sobering reality of this parable. And so let me ask you, as you're listening, let me ask you a question. Will you let this parable interpret you to show you what's happening to the word in your life and in your heart? And the thing about the human heart is that the condition and the soil of our own hearts is often so hidden us. So Jesus reveals it. He tells the parable of these different soils. They represent the different conditions of the human heart, different failures to listen and to really hear. Let's go through each of these soils. First soil is the path which represents those who listen only on the surface. Now the climate of Israel of Palestine is very similar to the climate here in Southern California. So when you go hiking and you see a path right now, it's rock hard. It's like cement. That's the picture. The word hits the path. It stays on the surface. There's no reflection. Uh, There's no effort to really understand what's being said and to let it into the heart. And soon, the parable says, the evil one comes and snatches the seed away. The second type of soil is the rocky ground. This is shallow or superficial listening. There's an immediate response. There's even a joy and an excitement about Jesus and what he says. But when distress or persecution of any kind comes, there's no roots. The sun is beating down. The heat is coming and then exposes the shallow roots. And the plant's gone. This is speaking of those who are only listening For the kingdom, but not the king. This soil is speaking of those who, when they heard what Jesus had to say, they were attracted. But what they wanted, what they really wanted when they heard the word, were the things that they lost when distress and persecution came. Comfort blessing. But when those things wizard, withered, so did their faith along with it, which revealed what they were really after in the first place. This is a superficial and shallow listening. The third soil is, is a mixed soil. It's, it's strangled listening. There's thorns that are present. The worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and take it over, and there's no fruit. In this heart, there are other things. There are other good things, important things, but they take over and they choke out and strangle the growth of the seed. So there's the surface listening, the shallow and superficial listening, and the strangled listening. The last seed finally is a seed that fell on the good ground, that really heard, that really understood. It takes thinking deeply, thoughtfully, patiently, devotedly with undivided attention. That soil is where the seed fell in, had deep roots, and grew and flourished and bore fruit a hundred, sixty, thirty times. Would you just take a moment and let this parable interpret you? What describes the soil of your own heart? Something that's happening in this pandemic and all the challenges and all the strains that it has brought into our lives. Something that's happening that I see in my own life and in the life of many other people is that the soil of our hearts is being revealed. There's a lot of exposing going on, straining in relationships, the ways that we escape, the ways that our hearts are hardened, the ways that we lose our joy Because distress has come, because the sun is beating down and it's hot. The ways that the worries of this world and even the deceitfulness of wealth is coming in and causing fear and anxiety and strangling out the Word of God in our souls. All these things are being revealed to us. And so friends, as that's happening in your life, I want to say don't be discouraged because the best thing that can happen to a human heart is for that heart to see itself for what it is. The heart that can say I think I have a hard heart. The heart that can say I think I'm just having a shallow heart. The heart that says things are strangling out what God is saying to me. That heart is the heart that is beginning to soften. Don't be discouraged. And let this parable interpret your life. Because the main problem for the kingdom is when the heart is hard. Last, last point, the invincible power of the kingdom. There are two sides to this parable. One side is the warning side, the revealing side, that shows us what's happening in our hearts, especially to religious people who are familiar with Jesus and the Bible. It's saying, are you listening? Are you really listening? Are you hearing, but not hearing? Only one out of the four soils really heard, and that is sobering, and we must let that impact us. Not all who say they hear are really listening, 25% is not great. But there's another side, and the other side is really what we're meant to be more struck by, the final result. The seed that found good soil and bore fruit a hundred times, sixty, thirty times, despite all the resistance, the kingdom of God will bear fruit. It will produce a great harvest. There's a little debate about this, but the consensus is that a good harvest at the time would have been a tenfold harvest. So Jesus here is describing an abundant and amazing harvest. Just one seed produces a hundred more seeds. Just one seed produces 60 and 30 and so on until the exponential growth is of a great harvest. Jesus is saying there is invincible power, though it's hidden. Though the main problem of the kingdom is the hardness of the human heart, the seed will get through and the seed will produce a great harvest. I want to share this on a slide. Here's what Jesus is saying. Despite how hidden and weak and unimpressive it seems to us, despite the hardness of our hearts, the invincible power of the kingdom cannot be stopped and will bear fruit in the world and in a life. And it all comes by a seed. We say a seed, that's it. What good is a little seed going to do? We've got big issues. We've got huge problems down here, God. Send us something. Send us something big. And God sends us a seed. We say, send an army, send a lightning bolt, send a miracle. And Jesus says, I'm going to send you what will really make a difference, a seed. I want to share two pictures here and ask a question about these two pictures, which is more powerful here in these two pictures. Uh, They're on the fingertip. Uh, That's a seed of a giant sequoia. And next to it is a picture of a one-ton block of concrete, which is stronger. The truth is, the tiny seed is as a seed of a giant sequoia. 100% of the time, if you plant that seed underneath the concrete block, the seed will break through and make its way out, shoving the block over to the side. The giant sequoia will beat the block. No match. And it all happens. It's all contained. All that power in that tiny little seed that fits on a fingertip. How does this invincible power get in and go to work? It's when a heart really listens. When a heart really listens, opening itself to the seed, the word of the gospel. That's all it takes, Jesus is saying. Do you notice what's missing in this parable? Uh, If you are... Into gardening, if you're a farmer, you see some things that are missing in this story. What about the rain? What about the conditions? What about the work of the farmer to toil and tend the soil not mentioned? And scholars are all in agreement. This is very intentional. Jesus left these details out to focus on the power that's inherent in the seed. All that's needed is the seed. The power of the giant sequoia is there on the fingertip. Jesus says the most powerful person and force in the world then is the listening person. The person who really listens. Not a talking person, not a get things done person. Not a person of force and might and coercion. A listening person can bear a hundred times, a hundred times fold if just one seed gets into the heart. You know, the power of listening I think we can understand this. If we think about how listening works in our relationships, the power of being heard. Recently, uh, Amelia, my wife, and I were doing some exercises again on reflective listening, and it dawned on me as I was reading this parable. How does the power of a relationship with another person get in and change you? How How are you changed and impacted by another person? It all comes down to listening, really hearing them. It's how you get into the other person's world and it's how they get into yours. If you don't listen, none of that can happen. And the relationship doesn't change you at all. It's through letting the words of that person get inside you. They get inside you. That's what Jesus is saying about the Word of God, the gospel. The invincible power of God comes in and through the person who understands the word, that word, understand, is a very important word, and maybe the best way that we can understand the word understand is to flip it, flip that word, that compound word, uh, and and put uh, the beginning at the end. Stand under. To understand the word is not the person who stands over the word, but the person who is willing to stand under the word. To open our heart to it, to let the seed of it get into our hearts. And if it does, it will take root and change everything. The seed of the Word, the invincible power of the Word of God, is all there. If we could just receive just that tiny little seed that says to us two things. One, it tells us that our hearts are more hardened more distracted. Our ears are more closed. We don't understand what we think we do, and there's nothing that we can do. Our hearts are hardened, shallow, strangled. There's nothing we can do. The Word humbles us, but the Word also tells us that Jesus is the one who has done everything for us. By his life, death, and resurrection, all we need, all that we'll ever need is found in him. There's nothing we can do, but he has done everything for us. In him we are loved, accepted, and received by God. If we just let that get in, just a tiny little seed of it, into the center of our beings, everything, everything can be transformed. Just a final thought of application here. What about when it's not getting in? What do we do when we see our hearts and we say, "There's it's hard, there's rocks, there's thorns all going on in my heart. The soil here in the parable, it doesn't do anything. It can't do anything except let the word in and God does the rest. This reminds me of the story of Elijah, one of my favorite stories in all the Bible from 1 Kings 19. In this story, Elijah had just witnessed one of the greatest displays of force that God had ever done in the history of the world. It was on Mount Carmel. He sent a fire from heaven in this great display, a spectacle of his power to show that he was real and the living God and the idols of the people were not. He had just witnessed this. And what happened after it completely shocked him because it didn't change anything no hearts were changed. The people of Israel at the time, their hearts were still hard despite God's amazing and awesome show of force. And so he ran away. He was thrown into a depression. He quit life. He said, I quit God. I quit the ministry. I quit everything. And God, after meeting him and gently caring for him and feeding him and letting him sleep, he said, go to Mount Sinai, the place of revelation. I want to show you something. And there on Mount Sinai, he showed him it says in first Kings 19 God said I'll show you the greatest power that will never fail I'll show you the real power that is at work in my kingdom and it says a great and mighty wind passed before Elijah and he hid in a cave It says God was not in the wind and then an earthquake came and it says God was not in the earthquake and then a great fire swept through and it says God was not in the fire and finally it says there was a still, small voice. A voice. A soft whisper. God was showing Elijah, and Jesus is showing us here in this parable, that the power of the Word, though hidden to us, can break through the greatest problem, our hard human hearts, and can bring invincible power to us, bearing fruit, if we open up our hearts and listen. Let anyone who has ears listen. The seed of the gospel will one day grow until all of you in all things will be healed and renewed by the King. Hear that, friends. Let's pray. Our oh, Father, As we live in a time when the problem seems so big and so great, so beyond any of us, as things are revealed about our own hearts that we want to run from and hide, I pray that you would encourage us by this story, this parable. I pray that you would soften our hearts, that you would rework the soil of our hearts in order that we might really listen. Save us from thinking we already understand. Save us from thinking that we already have it all figure it out. And in this time, when we, in a fresh way, are able to say we don't have it figured out, God, there's so much we don't understand about you and your ways. Use all of this to till the soil of our hearts and let us receive, let us really listen to the word of the gospel, that though there is nothing we can do, you have done everything for us in Christ. Let that seed get in. For We ask it In the name of Jesus, our Savior, amen.